Network presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. It's NFL Week 11. We're on our road to recovery here. Uh, it's been an interesting week at the Greenlight Network studio. Sickness has infected us, and uh, overworked and sick is never a good thing for uh, consistent showmaking. Uh, so hopefully next week, of course, during the holiday week, we can get back into a little bit better of a rhythm. But uh, we're, we're playing through it today on Friday, and uh, we'll see if we can get back uh, to normal. Uh, standard showmaking uh, next week. Yeah, well, I mean, in a way, it kind of worked out for me because uh, I was able to avoid the pain of recounting uh, my team's performance. And uh, we also, you know, got it out of the way. So right before Thanksgiving and those uh, Thanksgiving Day games, you know, we can at least give you some content before then. Yeah, uh, definitely so. We, we saved the hour and a half long uh, recap show and don't make you relive uh, really uh, a bad two weeks here. Uh, we'll probably touch on it a little bit as we uh, preview the game, but uh, we probably won't go as in-depth as uh, we would have after uh, a very, very sad-looking Achilles uh, strolled in uh, on that uh, Monday. Uh, it was a tough day for the Achilles. Um, let's get into Week 12 and an interesting week uh, I actually kind of like these. I'm probably going to continue to ride my theme of uh, underdogs this week as uh, it, it's really been hitting. Uh, once again, uh, home teams, they did end up having a winning record last week, uh, but they only gained about a game uh, overall uh, on that uh, record where actually road teams have a better record uh, overall than uh, home teams. So uh, another thing to sort of keep looking at is the uh, sort of Home does not quite mean as much. I, I, I think we sort of saw that uh, the other day in Thursday's uh, game. Uh, a seven-point uh, road favorite went in there and uh, pretty much destroyed, uh, well, the Atlanta Falcons. Hopefully we are done with their uh, season, but I feel like we're going to get another 30-point out pouring score and a random win from Atlanta, and we'll have to continue to talk about them. But at least for now, they look dead in the water. Yeah, I know for sure you're definitely going to have to drop a bet on them at some point uh, in the upcoming weeks because you just can't get enough Atlanta. Yeah, I think you were the one who was uh, deeply in love with Atlanta. I made a, a a first touchdown bet, and that was it in that game. I, I think you went all in and were writing some other Green Lake Network uh, team members' uh, uh, picks and uh, wrote it right into the house of shutoutville. Well, listen, as you mentioned, we've both been kind of dealing with, uh, you know, um, I'm just going to say a, a cold. It's not that serious, but we've both been feeling a little ill and a little overworked. And I went against my better judgment and listened to someone else. Uh, and I think last season they did the same thing. I wasn't feeling good, listened to someone else, and it cost me. So uh, I should say lesson learned, but I'll probably end up doing it again. Yeah. All right, let's dive into the rest of the games this week. Uh, let's start out with a pretty good one here. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo Bills seven-point favorites here. Uh, total sits at 49-and-a-half. First half is 4-and-a-half uh, with a total of 24-and-a-half. 
replay of the wild card game last year uh, where Indianapolis played really, really well, but uh, sort of found a way to, to lose that game. This one's pretty interesting. The seven-point spread, uh, you know, I, I read something funny about Buffalo. They have won all their games by 15 or more points, and then they've lost the other ones. So either they basically are going to destroy you or they're going to lose. It, it's not much of a in-between so far this uh, year, but uh, this one has sort of a counterbalance because, um, you know, Indianapolis really runs the ball well. Buffalo's defense has not allowed teams to run the ball very well on them at all. Indianapolis is probably the one of the top uh, rush defenses in the league. Buffalo does not even bother uh, to really run the ball. Uh, the Colts' secondary has been a real weakness for them. Uh, but, you know, if you can't run the ball, how much of a... Of an effect can you really enforce on these Colts because they won't be able to run the ball at all, the Buffalo Bills. So I'm curious of this seven. Would you ride this Buffalo Bills team or are you going to play the Colts here or are you just sort of, uh, this one's a hard call. I'm going to sort of wipe my hands clean of this game here. I think if we would have been talking about this particular matchup a few weeks back, I think we've easily would have, probably lean towards the Bills side of the ball, but we've seen them struggle, you know, a few times over the last few weeks, uh, starting with that Tennessee game and then even in uh, Jacksonville. So definitely a little bit of concern when you look at a, you know, you have to get more than a touchdown, obviously with the seven point spread gives me a little bit of pause, but as you mentioned, even though this Colts team um, has been playing really good football lately and their rush defense has been really stout, we don't really think of them defensively as good as they were last season. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, exactly why that is, but we haven't really been talking about them defensively as much. Uh, offensively, they do pose a threat uh, with the running attack. But as you mentioned, the Bills uh, rush defense is also pretty good. So I think this is going to be kind of, you know, a toss up. I, I don't know exactly which way I'm leaning. Uh, as you mentioned, the Bills have been feast or famine, basically. Either they cover the spread by a lot, um, or they don't cover and you lose some money. I, I think at seven points, um, it's probably a little too high for me. If it was sitting at six and a half, then I'd probably uh, lean more towards the Bills side of the ball. But as it sits right now, I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it sitting right on that key number of seven. I, I don't think I'd go on the Bills here. You go a little bit under that, I, I think I'd be a little bit more on, aggressive on the Bills, especially the Colts, a dome team uh, going into Buffalo. We have to at least start factoring in some weather here uh, for some of these games, especially for teams like Indianapolis who are used to playing in a dome. Uh, you know, it's a hard call for me here because Indianapolis really is sort of, good at every phase of the game but you wouldn't say they are great really at any true phase of the game you might say they have a great running back but I, I don't even know if I'd go there because you know you sort of watched it versus you know a team like the Titans and they sort of seem to pull away uh, from the running back which is I think why they lost that game uh, but you know I don't know if I trust the Bills here either They've played a pretty weak schedule up to this point so far. You know, just uh, a couple games there where the offense has totally uh, just been non-existent. 
Is that what we're going to get here in this game? They struggled with this team we mentioned in the uh, first round of the playoffs last year. Both these teams are relatively similar. You know, you switch out Wentz for Rivers. Uh, you know, that's, you know, sort of a wash in my hands. You bring back the same running back crews. You bring back the same defense. So I, I don't know if I'd take the seven, but I don't know if I'd trust the Colts here enough from what I've seen because they also seem to have... Uh, been able to feast and win games versus, you know, lower-tier teams. But every time they've seemed to try to step up here, uh, they have not looked good or they've blown that game. So I'm I'm sort of a pass on this one. Uh, but I do think it'll be a, a very uh, entertaining game. Also, uh, now with New England winning another game, you know, Buffalo Bills got to start uh, sort of playing to win games here because that division is not just theirs. Uh, they got two games to play with the Patriots, so they can't really uh, drop off uh, too much here. Uh, I think the Colts, uh, you know, division chances are pretty much washed at this point, so they're just playing for the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think the pressure is a little bit here more on the Bills in this game as well. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that, uh, as you mentioned, the Patriots have been playing really good football. Um, granted, it's not against some of the best teams, but even when they have faced good teams, they seem to step up to the competition. So I think that the Bills definitely have a little more urgency when it comes to this particular matchup and getting the win. Um, and a lot of that has to do with just the way the division is playing out. Yeah, definitely so. All right, so uh, you want to put this, since it's our uh, first game on the day, we could probably cross this one off uh, with a little bit of confidence here as we have a, a bunch more to get to to find our uh, sort of five mutual picks here. Uh, we'll move on to the next one and uh, see if we can uh, find something a little bit more juicier uh, to dive into here. We'll go Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears. I don't know if this is the uh, juicy one we really want to dive into, but... Uh, Bears coming off a bye. That has not meant as much either uh, so far this season. I think you saw it again with the Bucks, who came off a bye. Looked a little rusty. Uh, did not look all that great. Uh, I will say a couple of the Bears defenders coming back healthy uh, now off that bye, which probably helps them. Uh, Baltimore gets a, a little mini bye after playing that uh, Thursday game last week and losing to Miami. I, I just don't know what to make of this game. Uh, Baltimore's defense is really, really sitting uh, in, in unexpected territory in the lower 20s uh, so far in DVOA. Uh, the Bears' defense also sits pretty low in those 20s. Uh, now they haven't had Mack and a couple other guys for a lot of games, but both these teams who have been solely built on defense have not really stepped up. The Ravens' offense has been improved, but... You know, I don't know how much of that is really improved and how much of that is you have Lamar Jackson, which is essentially one of the best running backs in the league, and also he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so you're killing two birds with one player there in having a top-tier running back and a top-tier quarterback all playing one position there. So I, I don't know if I love the Ravens uh, sitting at five and a half here, but, uh, he, you know, you really have to twist my arm to think these uh, – Bears uh, are, are capable of beating the Ravens. I'm curious uh, your thought. You think the Bears can come out here off the bye and uh, play well and cover this spread. They've been a much better home team uh, this year than a, a road team uh, so far. I, I mean, as, you, as you've mentioned, you know, this bye week really hasn't impacted, you know, teams in a positive way. 
I'm sure it has, you know, off the top of my head, I can't quite remember, but um, just from recent memory, it doesn't seem to really bode well for teams to be coming off of a bye. It's not like it's making a huge difference. Uh, practice probably has something to do with that, that new contract they negotiated. But when I look at this matchup, I look at the Ravens team and I know that, you know, defensively they're, as you mentioned, they're kind of falling off, you know, where they're at the pace that they were uh, currently at. And I, I still think they can play good enough defense against a, what I believe to be a pretty bad offensive, uh, you know, um, bears team. And, and I think they can step their game up and play well. And if they do that, I see no reason why this offense can't just completely burn uh, this Chicago defense, which they've been dealing with injuries pretty much, uh, you know, over the last, what, four or five weeks, you know, they had injuries at their linebacker, they had injury at their defensive tackle. So guys kind of been going in and out of their lineup, uh, which has really messed up with the flow of, of things defensively. So I do like the Ravens in this one. I mean, I'm not bullish on it, but I, I do like the Ravens. I think that defensively they can do enough, as I mentioned, to stop that Bears offense. And offensively, uh, you know, one thing you forgot to mention about uh, their quarterback, he's not just, you know, a great running back and a great quarterback. He's also a great playmaker, and he can make things happen when it looks like things are going to look really bad. So I like the Ravens in this one. I, I feel confident that they're going to cover this spread. I just don't feel bullish enough to actually take it myself, but uh, I don't blame anybody uh, that would take it. Yeah, the thing about this is I, I think we're getting taxed here about two extra points uh, here because, you know, people think the Bears are no good, which the Bears are no good. But I'm not 100% sold right now that the Ravens are, are all that good. Now, there is a higher upside for the Ravens because you mentioned Lamar Jackson is there and he can carry you to big wins. But, I, I mean, you just go over Baltimore and they've had games where they've you know, really struggled uh, this season. That Dolphins game you go back to, they were down in that Minnesota game. They had to make, you know, a memorable comeback. They had to get a last-second 66-yard field goal uh, when they were at Detroit to win that game. They've just had some, you know, weird outliers in here uh, where they've struggled. Now, they've had some games where they really dominated. They beat the Chiefs. You know, at home, they didn't dominate that game, but, you know, they won that game. Uh, they beat Indianapolis 31-25, which is a pretty good win. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's looking at that Chargers game, uh, you know, a uh, handful of weeks ago, 34-6, and making that their big win. And now you sort of look back on that, and uh, we aren't as big on the Chargers as we were, you know, three or four weeks ago, uh, we don't, that win doesn't look quite as good. So I, I think we're getting overly taxed on that point spread. I think it should be, you know, probably three and a half, maybe four. And we're having to eat five and a half here on this one on the road in Chicago, which I don't love, but uh, I, I would find it very hard to believe that Baltimore would lose back to back uh, games to the Dolphins bears here that just, doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, honestly, we talked about the buy thing, but I think that mini buy probably ends up helping you more than the full buy because you just get that extra couple days off and then you get back into your routine. Whereas that buy, you have that full week off. They can't really practice during that week. So it's basically uh, a full week to 
you know, go live the life of a king for a week, and then you come back and try to get refocused on the season. Whereas that mini buy, you get a couple days, and then you're back refocused, uh, you know, on the season. So I think the mini buy seems to help more than the actual buy so far this year. I, I just wouldn't be real bullish on the uh, five and a half there uh, on that number. It, it just seems a little bit bloated to me. Yeah, I have to agree with you, but I do want to say we were on a mini buy, one of those, you know, couple extra days here. Uh, but I really could have used a full buy, uh, as you mentioned, live like a king. I could have used one of those. Yeah, well, that that's coming in uh, about three months here. You you could take your full buys and uh, uh, you got a, a nice couple months before we try to make you uh, talk some draft stuff. Uh, may you bring it back in, talk some NBA stuff as well. Uh, just uh, break up the monotony. Yeah, I say that now. And as soon as we get, you know, towards the end of the season, I'm going to start crying. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're getting closer and closer, but uh, it, it does seem like uh, that added game seems to make this season have felt uh, longer than it usually does. And we, it's one week and we aren't even to that week uh, yet, but it does just seem like this season is a, is, is a little bit longer than it usually feels like, uh, you know, because the college season is wrapping up in the next, you know, two weeks or so. And we're barely over the halfway point here in the NFL season, which I think people ought to remember too. Uh, you know, we there could still be a lot of uh, sort of flips and turns here uh, for a lot of teams. We already have fallen in love with Cincinnati and fallen out of love with Cincinnati so far this season. So uh, could be a handful more flips and turns here. Maybe Baltimore is one of those we all turn on here if they lose this game and all of a sudden they have losses to, you know, back-to-back weeks to Miami and Chicago. All right, let's move on to a different one here. Detroit at Cleveland. Interesting game here. Cleveland, 11-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'd have to really delve into the history books. But I don't know who comes at 11-and-a-half-point favorites after you lose a game 42-7, uh, to 45-7. Uh, uh, a lot of 40s to 7 the week before. Uh, and then you come back and be 11-and-a-half-point favorites uh when your quarterback is probably not or might not play in this one, uh, Nick Chubb is still a question mark in this one. Uh, Jared Goff is a question mark in this one, but oh, I think he's going to end up playing. Uh, but uh, 11 and a half points here. Uh, what do you make of this game? Lions coming off, uh, uh, I don't know quite what that game was. It wasn't fun to watch. I can say that uh, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that overtime was pretty much embarrassing for uh, anybody who watches uh, professional football. But uh, I guess they have a tie. I don't know if that counts as a win, but uh, Cleveland, 11.5-point favorites here. Yeah, I'm not touching this game with the 10-foot pole. Uh, as you mentioned, you know Cleveland has been dealing with a bunch of injuries um, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. They've had guys playing that are banged up and hurting. Now, granted, everybody's pretty much banged up at this point in the season, but these are, you know, key guys in that lineup. So, and then you got Detroit who on one week, you know, looks like Detroit, the team that hasn't won a single game. And then you have Detroit that looks like they might win their first game. Uh, you know, I just, this spreads way too big, too many injuries to, to be concerned with. 
um, and bad football in general that I just don't want to be a part of it. Um, I don't want to have any action on this and be forced to watch it. So uh, I'm staying away from it. it. To me, it just reeks of a, a of an upset for either way, whichever side you bet. Yeah. Uh, the only way I, I'd say you could go is probably just take the points here and hope. But I, I don't know if I want a lot of shares of Detroit Lions football. Uh, you know, <laughs> that being said, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. So I, I don't put a lot of, you know, juice there on which one of those two guys starts. Uh, I probably put a little more juice on uh, if Jared Goff is, uh, you know, starting or uh, the Lions backup uh, coming in there because uh, – that who even is, is the backup in Detroit? Oh, God, uh, who was the backup in Detroit? I looked it up, and now I've forgotten. It was not a pretty sight. Uh, it was, of course, a, a nobody. Um, but I, I think the only play you go here uh, is probably um, uh, Detroit. Maybe if Chubb uh, comes back, you, you might start to uh, – Think about it a little bit. Uh, David Blau uh, is the backup in the. Uh, uh, he is not uh, what you'd call an upgrade over uh, Jared Goff here. So, uh, yeah, uh, if Goff it, it does not play, which now they list him as doubtful, so we're probably uh, getting a little bit of a, a peek into the David Blau era. He got a couple starts last year. He was not great. I, I do think he did win a game, but uh, it's not really uh, where you want to be. So uh, I, I think I'd go pass on this one. But uh, if you were making me take one, probably lean a little bit uh, towards taking the points in the Lions here. But uh, I think this is just a uh, cross-off game that no one uh, gambling-wise should be involved in. Yeah, no, I think I'd consider maybe taking the points if I knew Jared Goff was healthy and playing. But with that doubtful tag, it's just uh, I don't like it. Like I said, to me, it reeks of turning either way on you. So I'm just going to stay away. Yeah. Uh, next up, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans, nine and a half point favorites. Uh, total sits at 44 here. First half at six. Uh, second half at 22 and a half. This one's, uh, you know, I, I think a blowout uh, waiting to happen. But uh, I kind of like the number at nine and a half here for Tennessee or uh, for Houston uh, getting points in this one. Tennessee continues to find ways to win games uh, without uh, really being the favored to win games. Once again, their win total uh, sits at uh, wins expected on a. Uh, PFF sits at five wins. They're now at eight wins on the season, which uh, just is one of those weird things. They got another sort of uh, found a way to win last week versus the Saints, though the Saints covered that game. Uh, you know, I, I read a funny stat. Uh, the Titans have been in five three-point games this year. They've won four of them. So you flip those games around, they're a five-and-five five team, which... You know, it, it sort of sits. They've been good in close games. I, I guess there's a spot for that. But once again, I, I look at these numbers over and over, and I sort of see some sort of regression and evening up 
of what has been sort of a, a, a lopsided way of them getting nice bounces and winning close games. And I look for that to sort of even balance out at some point. I don't know if the Texans are going to be able to do that, but I will say the history of this uh, game, no matter how good either team is, it has always pretty much been a close game between Tennessee and Houston. So I kind of like the nine and a half here. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, me personally, I'm going to stay away from it. And it's simply because of the fact that they're divisional opponents. Um, if this was, you know, some Tennessee Titans from, let's just say, the, you know, the NFC South as opposed to the AFC, and they were going up against the same Texans team, then I'd probably feel more comfortable taking the points for the Titans at that point, just because Houston's been playing really poorly. But the fact that these two teams know each other, and as you mentioned, they have a history, and that history tends to lean more towards a closer game, I can see why you'd be tempted to take the Texans. I just can't bring myself to take him, even with that many points. Um, I feel like Tennessee has been playing really good. I'll be the nice guy on this on this particular segment, this game, this matchup, and say that Tennessee has been playing really good football. I know that they've definitely had some bounces go their way, some calls go their way, but that's just the way it goes. You know, this is the NFL, and that's how it happens sometimes. But they've taken advantage of it, and they've played better defense than they were playing the beginning of the year offensively they're making up for the injuries that they have on offense, both with wide receivers in and out of the lineup this season. And obviously Derrick Henry's out. So they've been making do and they've been pulling off wins. So that's all you can really ask for if you're a Tennessee Titan fan. Uh, so I'll give them credit with that. But as far as taking them in this game, uh, divisional opponent, I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel comfortable taking the Texans. So I'm staying away from this one. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that makes me lean Texans on this big spread is if if you've looked at the Titans' offense the last three weeks without Derrick Henry, uh, yeah, they've won games, uh, but it, it's not been good offense. It's been uh, really, really poor. I think that continues uh, here. Now, I, I don't know if the Texans can win this game, but I do think they cover that spread. Uh, but you don't seem to be big on this one, uh, probably because uh, – You've watched the Houston Texans play football uh, so far this season, and probably the last memory in your head is uh, Tyrod Taylor versus the Dolphins throwing uh, an interception every third pass. Uh, that being said, the Texans are coming off a bye. Uh, we've hammered the bye, but maybe it, it sort of helped him get him a little bit healthier than he probably was, uh, you know, the week before. So I kind of like the nine and a half, but uh, we'll go to the next one. Uh, this one's a fun one. Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Uh, Green Bay, anyone who's been betting on Green Bay so far this year has uh, really uh, rolled in the money. The, the only game they didn't cover was that first game of the season. Uh, since then, they've been pretty much dominating. Uh, one and a half point favorites at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota Vikings coming off a, a really uh, a pretty decent win over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they come back uh, home here. First, the Packers. It's only one and a half to the Packers here. Uh, but, you know, the Vikings are one of those weird teams. They are like the complete opposite of Tennessee, uh, where every one of their numbers and stats uh, says this team is really good. And then every one of their actual win-loss stats uh, shows they are not good. Uh, so, Vikings at home plus one and a half. Where are you going here, Packers-Vikings? Now, this is actually one of the matchups that I actually have in my personal picks. Um, and I got, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it right now. 
I like Green Bay in this one. I know that um, their running back was doubtful as of this morning, and I believe he's probably out. I don't think he's going to play in this game. Um, with all that being said, I think that Aaron Rodgers still has the ability to do enough, and they might actually open things up more for the wide receivers. He tends to kind of let loose when his running backs aren't at 100%. Um, and with him, with the backup playing in this particular match, which is what I expect is going to happen, I feel like he's really going to let loose. So defensively, the Packers have been quietly doing just enough to keep their opponents at bay. Um, as you mentioned, they've been covering just about anything in this one, a one and a half point spread. It's pretty much a pick in my opinion. So um, I like the Packers. I think the Packers are going are to pull it off on this. I think they can cover. Yeah, I, I think the Packers continue to cover. You mentioned Aaron Jones will be out uh, on the running side of those things. I don't think that's much of a drop-off. I think A.J. Dillon, while he's a different type of back, uh, can really get a lot of those power yards up the middle. He, he's a really good uh, you know, running back. Now, you lose a lot from uh, Aaron Jones to A.J. Dillon on those little short you know, screen passes, swing passes, stuff like that. Uh, that's not sort of A.J. Dillon's game. Uh, but they got you know, a couple different guys who could do that. They could, you know, start using Randall Cobb in sort of a, you know, swing pass hybrid, you know, uh, role to catch screen passes, stuff like that. So I think they can make up for that sort of loss. And I don't think they drop too much, you know, off the running game on that. Uh, the thing that would lead me to take the Packers in this one is the Vikings defense has been uh, pretty beat up here. Uh, there, there are a lot of question marks on uh, who's playing uh, on the Viking side of uh, the defense here. Uh, Pierce is going to be out. Uh, Harrison Smith is a question mark. Uh, a couple other guys are question marks uh, with uh, COVID and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I think the Vikings defense will not be quite up to standard to be able to hold this uh, Packers team. You mentioned the Packers defense. Uh, the last four weeks, they've been top three rated uh, defensively by uh, DVOA. So they've really, after a, a sort of slow start to the season, uh, they've picked it up and uh, really found a, a decent form. Now, they did lose uh, Whitney Merciless, who they traded for the Texans to get to win on IR. Uh, but he wasn't playing a whole lot of snaps there, so I don't think that'll affect him too much. Uh, Bakhtiari should be back up probably this week. Uh, they aren't fully saying, but uh, to get, you know, one of the best left tackles back in the uh, game uh, can only help the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, Rodgers looked a little bit uh, rusty in that Seahawks game, but I think that was more uh, the Seahawks defense is starting to come around a little bit. They're starting to play better, uh, and he seemed to find his form there late in that game. Uh, so I, I really sort of like the Packers minus one and a half here. We saw the Vikings get a win last week. It, it probably means uh, the Vikings are due to uh, do something stupid and melt down in a, a game here. So I, I think the Green Bay probably our first uh Decent mutual pick here. Let's put Green Bay down. Okay. I, I will add really quick that for those of you that are actually concerned about the running back situation for Green Bay, if you just look at the raw stats of these both of both of these teams, the Vikings uh, strength would be technically their offense. They have really good uh, rushing attack and they have really good passing attack also. So you would assume that if it's going to be a shootout, there's not going to be much of a need for running backs uh, on Green Bay side of the ball. So uh, something to ease you a little bit, make you feel a little more comfortable about take, uh, taking Green Bay at minus one and a half. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the uh, Minnesota uh, offensive coordinator the week ago was uh, wondering why they weren't getting uh, Jordan Jefferson the ball more. Uh, I, I don't know if the offensive coordinator knows, but 
That's his job. Uh, he's the one who calls the plays. So uh, maybe uh, check into that. Uh, he's Gary Kubiak's son. So uh, maybe not that shocking that a uh, little nepotism led to some OC not knowing what the hell he's doing. Uh, stunning in the coaching ranks that uh, some rando just gets a job because his father was a halfway decent backup quarterback and coach. He was under the impression that all he really had to do was draw up the plays and someone else would call him. Maybe so. Uh, it is Minnesota. There's no telling what goes on there. Uh, all right, let's move on to an interesting one. Uh, speaking of coaches who might be a little bit out of their depth, uh, Robert Sala and the New York Jets are three-and-a-half-point dogs here, uh, 45 uh, on the over-under, two-and-a-half on the first half, 21-and-a-half on the line here. Uh, I'm really big on the Dolphins here. Uh, one, for some reason, uh, Robert Sala has decided that Joe Flacco uh, should be starting at quarterback. Uh, not Mike White, <laughs> who threw for 400 yards two weeks ago. Uh, not Zach Wilson, their first-round pick and guy they're trying to build their future around. But Joe Flacco, old uh, has not been good since, I don't know, possibly we were just getting out of high school. I, I know he has not been good since we started working at our jobs. Uh, so, one, uh, why wouldn't we just take the Dolphins three and a half here and roll with this as the Dolphins' defense has started to play well? And uh, can you explain to me why the hell Joe Flacco is starting a football game in 2021? <laughs> Listen, I have absolutely football no. game. If somebody wants to use him as their flag football quarterback in a rec league, I'm okay with that. I, I honestly, uh, you know, it shocks me to even see these headlines because I, I don't understand it. You know, you, you're not playing for anything at this point. You know, you're so far behind the standings that realistically speaking, you're pretty much out of the playoffs at this point. So why not work on developing your guys? I, I mean, I understand you probably want to keep guys healthy and things like that, but listen, you can't replace experience like all the field experience. There's, there's nothing to replace it. You can study all the film you want. You can, you know, read the playbook all you want, learn the playbook up and down, but unless you actually get out on the field and actually see these things happening in front of you, you're never really going to be able to relate both of them. Um, so I don't understand the concept of, you know, keeping your young guys uh, on the bench, warming the bench for this guy who, we already know what we're getting from Joe Flacco and not to be mean. I know they, you know, he's a Super Bowl champ, but even when he won a Super Bowl, it wasn't because of him. It was because of that defense. That defense won that Super Bowl. So um, I don't understand it, but this is the Jets. You know, the coach for the Jets right now is going through a bunch of drama uh, with Rex Ryan. And it, I don't know. I, I don't want to get involved with it. I'm, I'm staying away from this. Uh, but I did want you to kind of try and talk me into it. I know when the Dolphins are involved, I can always count on you trying to sell me. And the Jets are really that bad that I guess I don't really need much selling. I'm with you. Let's let's roll with the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, a couple things on the Dolphins here. Their last three games, uh, defensively, uh, they've been back to their form. Uh, now, one of those was uh, versus the aforementioned Texans. Uh, but, you know, uh, Texans, Jets, I, I think we're in the same wavelength here. And the other is that uh, Baltimore game. Now, that's a little bit more impressive uh, when your defense is going in there and shutting down Baltimore and making Lamar Jackson look normal. So I think this defense has sort of found its form for Miami. Uh, Tua, uh, probably going to play this game, ha has looked better and better uh, when he's been able to be on there. Uh, Jalen Waddell 
has starting to improve. I, I don't know if this offense has hit full stride, uh, but it's starting to have a little bit more flow. I think the defense coming there has been good. And, and I just, the Jets, you know, I think I'd be a little bit scared if it was a Mike White or a Zach Wilson because you don't know what you're going to get. But I know what I'm getting from Joe Flacco. Uh, sacked a lot and, and a lot of checkdowns, which uh, basically just plays right into the Dolphins' hands. So uh, I, I just, yeah, three and a half on the road, probably a little ugly. But I think the Dolphins are going to go on a little bit of a run here as they have that dip in their schedule. So I, I think you got to take advantage of this while you can. Uh, you know, I would suggest the two and a half because the Jets have been so bad in the first half. Uh, but two and a half, three and a half, uh, not enough of a split. Uh, the odds makers seem to have caught up on the uh, Jets in the first uh, half. As I, I think they've only covered uh, twice this season in the first half line. So, uh the drop-off two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half. I'd rather just have that three-and-a-half. And And, uh, I don't foresee really a backdoor cover coming here from uh, the Jets, which would be the only thing to worry about. I think the Dolphins go in there, uh, shut the Jets down, and cover this pretty easy here. So I guess uh, Dolphins is our next pick. Yeah, definitely so. Let's go Dolphins. So uh, Dolphins at Green Bay uh, so far. Uh, Let's go into the next game, and this is – one of these little fun ones that the uh, probably the stat nerds uh, love. New Orleans coming off a, a, a tough loss to Tennessee. Probably a game they should have won. Uh, but uh, for some reason, they have a kicker who doesn't know how to kick. Uh, how that occurs in the NFL, I, I don't quite know. Um, it, but they play the Philadelphia Eagles coming off uh, a really nice win to Denver. Uh, since they finally decided to switch their style of football and start running the ball more, uh, for some reason it seemed to occur when Miles Sanders went out. You'll have to explain that one to me, why they didn't do it earlier in the season with the best running back on the team. They're doing it now. Uh, their offensive numbers have improved uh, just uh, extramentally, uh, and they are really, really playing good offensive football right now. Defense, eh, you know, always sort of hot and cold. Uh, But with this rushing attack, they've been really good on offense. But you have the counter. Uh, The Saints have the best rush defense in the NFL. Uh, You saw that again versus the Titans. That defense uh, kept them in the game. Uh, The question here is what are you getting from the Saints offense? Number sits at uh, minus two for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 43.5 is the total. 21 here, uh, first half total over under uh and then the uh line sits at a half point for the eagles in the first half uh saints two here i think the saints get a win here i like the two because i like this matchup of the uh philadelphia eagles trying to run the ball versus uh really the best run defense in the nfl and the saints uh the only counter would be that you don't think the saints can generate the offense here uh to do this like they pretty much the last two weeks where they haven't been able to get enough points to uh, cover their defense here. Yeah, I can see where you'd be concerned with that. But to me, when I look at this matchup, and, and I'll mind you, Philadelphia has definitely been playing a lot better. Uh, if Philadelphia was a roller coaster, you know, they'd be at that beginning right there where they're starting to go up and you can feel the, anticip- the anticipation. Fans are starting to get excited, you know. 
but I think that they're right there, right, getting ready to hit that down slump. Um, I took them last week against Denver, and this is more of a gut feeling because they had been playing better. They looked better. Their running attack looked a lot better also. Uh, but I feel like it's it's gotten to the point now where they've caught onto it enough to where a defensive coordinator can actually plan or scheme against the type of attack that Philadelphia is going to bring you. Um, to me, their passing attack is just lacking the weapons that they need to really counterattack when someone goes to defending the run uh, as heavy as I think it's going to happen this week. So, yeah, I, I like I like uh, New Orleans in this one. I think that they're going to be able to cover this one, maybe not just cover, but I think they're going to be able to pull off a win. Um, not to spoil it here, but this is actually one of the other teams that's on my list. Uh, I don't have a lot of picks this week, but I tried to make sure that the ones that I did take uh, were ones that I was going to like, and uh, I like New Orleans in this one. Yeah. Uh, also, to uh, sort of, you know, paint a, a picture here, which you all each should probably do, uh, that rushing attack uh, that has been so explosive uh, the last three games have come against the Lions, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Uh, so, you know, uh, that that's a much, much different uh, sort of uh, set of teams than going up against the Saints team here. Um, none of those are really what we'd call uh, leading resistant uh, defenses. Uh, certainly not the uh, Chargers, Lions, and the Broncos have been... Uh, Really, really sort of hot and cold. So I, I really like the Saints getting points here. I always like the Saints uh, when the, they're getting points here. Uh, the only question is, you know, quarterback play, receiver play. Uh, there has not been word on, uh, you know, Kamara yet. Uh, but, you know, uh, it would be a big boost uh, if he played. I would say that. But uh, I, I just think... Uh, defensively, uh, the Eagles are going to try to run. They're going to run into a brick wall. The Saints will find enough uh, points here to uh, sort of find their way and win this game. So I, I like the plus two on the Saints as well. Yeah, and I mean, when the spread's this close, I mean, I know that it, there can always be a situation where a team doesn't cover, but to me, when it's this close, it's pretty much a pick em, and I like the Saints a little bit better. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, we'll move on to our next one. Uh, Washington football team, Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers at minus three here. Uh, two and a half for the uh, first half, 20 and a half for the uh, first half over under, 43 and a half for the game. Uh, they mentioned, they uh, said uh, before we came on here that Cam Newton was going to be the starter, uh, not P.J. Walker. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed in that, but... You know, I, I guess I understand it. I, I thought P.J. played pretty well in that Cardinals game. Uh, yes, you know, you brought Cam into one-yard one touchdown runs, but uh, I, I'm not sure that's the only thing he's capable to do at this point. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey back. He should be able to dump passes there. Uh, you know, uh, Chase Young being out. uh for the season now for Washington, whose defense hasn't been that good uh, anyway. Uh, I, I don't know if the three, it seems a little bit bloated, uh, but this Carolina defense, I, I think, will shut this Washington team down, and they probably will find a way to win it, uh, but the three number concerns me a little bit. I'm curious your take on this one. Yeah, I, when I looked at it also, that three the three kind of bothered me a little bit. I was hoping for, you know, um, maybe a two and a half, you know, but 
at three, you get you basically have to win by a couple of field goals or a touchdown. Um, defensively, I think that the Panthers can do enough to bother Washington. Um, defensively, as you mentioned, Washington isn't really showing much, and the fact that they lost basically their best player on defense only makes things that much worse. Now, as far as the quarterback situation in Carolina is concerned, sweat is out as well. I should mention. Uh, so Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young both out. So probably their top two players on defense are out on a defense that already uh, wasn't very good. Yeah, so I mean, listen, sometimes certain teams will rally when their you know star defensive anchor goes out, but I don't foresee this being a situation where the, the Washington football defense kind of uh, gets together and, you know, stops uh, every team against all odds. I, I don't foresee that happening. And now uh, with the quarterback situation in Carolina, I, I do think that they're still, we're still going to get a, a little bit of a, a PJ in there. I think that it's going to be mixed in. I know Cam's getting the start and I think it's mostly because of the way that he can rile the troops. You saw last week, uh, he came in there and he was basically a spark plug. He lit up that offense and they kind of got going. He was um, basically responsible for being, you know, two of those touchdowns that team scored. So I understand why they're, they're going in that direction. Uh, but I still think we're going to get a little bit of PJ in there every now and then they're going to mix it up a little bit to kind of throw that defense off. Uh, but I like Caroline in this one, even at that three, um, which kind of bothers me a little bit, but I, I still, I still feel comfortable enough to take Caroline in this one. Yeah. I, I like Carolina in this one. Uh, I, I guess we could put it down. That would be our fourth. Uh, we could put it in the maybe column. See if we uh, like any of these other ones uh, coming up. Uh, since we were both a, a little bit nervous uh, on that three, uh, I would say you probably should take the three now because uh, my guess is by Sunday this probably uh, gets a lot of juice uh, going on the Carolina side of things, and it probably ends up at four, four and a half uh, by game time. So this would be one I'd tell people to uh, jump on early because my guess is not a lot of people are going to talk themselves into Washington uh, here, even after their uh, big win versus Tampa Bay. Let me ask you a question real quick before we move on from this game. Uh, what was that half that halftime spread, two and a half? It was two and a half, uh, so, you know, half a point above the uh, spread. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, that would be something you could think about. They come out uh, charged. Uh, the only thing I'd worry about is, you know, Carolina is such a sort of conservative offensive team that I, I'd be a little scared this game would be really tight going into halftime and eventually Carolina would wear down, you know, Washington. But uh, maybe Cam has enough spark in there where they get off to a big uh, start and then they sort of hold them off. So, yeah, the two and a half could be a, a number I'd look at as well. Just making sure. All right, uh, let's go to uh, a team you're familiar with here, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, San Francisco, uh, after being uh, three-and-a-half-point home dogs, are now se seven-point home favorite or road favorites in Jacksonville. Uh, I like Jacksonville in this one. Uh, I think going across the country, playing an early game as a seven-point road favorite, uh, I, I don't like that. I, I think the uh, – Trend will show you that uh, West Coast teams going East Coast playing noon as, uh, you know, high favorites uh, don't tend to cover those. Uh, yes, San Francisco played a good game last week, uh, but you and I talked about it on our Sunday show that uh, 
that was San Francisco's season sitting right there in that St. Louis game. If they had lost that game, um, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, yes, uh, they would have been out. Uh, so they had everything to play for. Uh, the Rams uh, pretty much handed that game to them on a platter in the uh, first, you know, three possessions of the game. Uh, they were able to get up and play their style of football. I'm just curious if they bring that over and uh, are able to win by uh, seven plus points here uh, versus Jaguars team, who which uh, you know has uh, defense has played uh, better week to week. They've been able to run the ball. Uh, they've been a solid uh, team at stopping the run. Uh, so uh, I think things play in their favor here on getting the uh, points here at home, six and a half. I'm curious your thoughts on this one. See. Uh... San Francisco, as far as they're concerned, I think that they, they're really not as good as we thought they were going to be. And I know they just tromped on my team. I completely understand it. But they have the type of build. They have the type of team philosophy to, you know, to match up really well against a team like the Rams. Um, Tennessee is another one of those teams that are basically going to try and, uh, you know, play turnover uh happy defense they're going to try and you know give up certain things to try and uh, make the quarterback feel comfortable and then you know try to get him to make a mistake and then they tend to be a little more run heavy um which we saw the rams have had issues basically all season long is they've had issues with the run attack um so i I do think san francisco is a pretty good team not as good as we thought they were going to be but on the road you know in jacksonville it feels like a trap game, uh, especially after that big win against the Rams. I, I feel like we could definitely be in for a letdown, but either way, I can't foresee myself taking a Jaguars team. So um, if you're really like confident about it, I'll roll with you on it. But I, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm not super confident in it. Well, I, I think we probably are better uh, taking Carolina. I probably will throw Jacksonville in my picks at the uh, end of the show. So let's move on to uh, what I, I don't think anyone uh, should really gamble on. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I really tried to look hard and figure out a way to uh, give you some sort of uh, stats and uh, talking points on what way to lean in this one. I have no earthly idea. So uh, what are your thoughts on this game and which way would you lean? Listen, if I had to lean any one way, I know that Cincinnati, we've all pretty much fallen out of love with this team. Um, after we talked them up week after week after week based off how they were performing, um, you know, the sports media comes out and starts basically crowning these guys the next big thing, and then they completely f- fall flat on their faces. So the love has definitely died down for them. But I think this is the game where they get back on track. You know, the Raiders have – They've been dealing with a lot of issues both on and off the field within the organization. There seems to be a lot of uh, chaos going on in that team. And they did play better for that one week after the whole John Gruden situation. But it seems like, you know, after that, they've really taken a step back. And even when you expect them to kind of play a little bit better because defensively they're not, they're not going up against a defensive juggernaut, so to speak. And they just seem to fall short. So because of all those reasons, I feel like Cincinnati's due to really make a splash, make a comeback in this one. So um, at minus one, or what is it? They're getting one point? No, minus one minus point. One. It's basically a pick them. Uh, so just going off a of talent alone and the way they've performed so far this season, I feel a little more confident taking the Bengals even on the road. 
Yeah, uh, I I just couldn't quite grab the Bengals because their their defense has been so poor the last couple weeks. Now they are coming off a bye. Maybe that's what they needed, a little break, reset, and, and they get back to where they were. Uh, but the defense had really been poor those last two games. The offensive line had started really breaking down to where Burrow was getting hit a lot. The Raiders' defensive line is actually a strength, and they've been able to get a lot of four-man pressure there. And uh, really, if you watch that uh, Chiefs-Raiders game, yes, it looked like a blowout, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about this when we preview the Chiefs-Cowboys game coming up next. Uh, Before Deshaun Jackson decided to uh, do some sort of weird maneuver and fumble the ball on the 15-yard line. Uh, the Raiders were going in to score, a, a, you know, to make that game 24-20, and we had a football game, you know, going into the fourth quarter. He fumbles, Chiefs go down, score. Uh, we have the reverse. We have a blowout in the making. So, you know, and then after that, the Raiders seem to uh, sort of lose life. I wonder if they can sort of get back life uh, in this game, find their way to get a win. I would just stay away from the game overall because I I don't know what I'm getting Bengals-wise. I want to see them get back on track before I jump back on their bandwagon. And I probably just want to see the Raiders uh, find some consistency again uh, after what they've been through the last, you know, couple weeks where they've really sort of uh, lost it both uh, off the field and on the field. Uh, So I want to see... I just want to wait and see, and I don't want really anything to do with this game. I understand. All right. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the big one this week, uh, Dallas goes to Kansas City. You might think Kansas City would be getting points, but uh, no, Kansas City is never getting points uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era. Two and a half point favorites, uh, closer and closer. Uh, but not quite. Uh, two and a half point favorites this week. Uh, 55 and a half is the over. Under one and a half. Uh, first half line, 27 and a half. First half over under. Both teams seem to refine their rhythm uh, this week. Uh, Chiefs back to scoring 40 points. Five touchdowns for Mahomes. I don't know how much of that is uh, they're back and how much of that we mentioned. Uh, you know, the Deshaun Jackson fumble doesn't happen are, are we in a close game with nervous time and, and do we get that blowout uh dallas looked great first atlanta uh but uh we, we just atlanta. watched atlanta play last <laughs> night and uh I, i'm not sure i i couldn't go around a college campus and put together a team that uh wouldn't look good versus atlanta at, at this point so uh what do you make of this game dallas going into kansas city uh it's going to be a little nippy out there, so I, I would look at that uh, situation. Uh, but uh, what do you make of this game? I think that if we were looking at this game at the beginning of the year, I would have said, uh, you know, are you a fan of offense? Because if so, then this is a matchup for you. But we've seen that defensively Dallas has really stepped their game up this season, uh, just compared to last season. Not that they're a shutdown defense by any means, but they're definitely, you know, very turnover happy and uh, – They've been playing a lot better than we expected. So I'll give them credit there. Uh, offensively, we already know what we're going to get from Dallas. They're basically going to throw it all over the field. And uh, even though they've been splitting time with the running backs, um, 
they both had success at different moments. So uh, I know what I'm getting from that Dallas team. This Kansas City team, though, has been a bit of a letdown so far this season. I know they're back to winning games after last week, and they, they're back to big offense. But prior to that, we saw them struggle a lot offensively. Um, you saw Patrick Mahomes throw basically interception just about every single game. Uh, they have no rushing attack, you know, to speak of. And defensively, they're probably one of the worst defenses in the league. So, yes, you might get some offense, but with the way Dallas has been playing on defense, you also have the possibility of being – very one-sided often. So um, I think I'm personally going to stay away from this game. I'm going to just sit back and hopefully we get a good, enjoyable, uh, you know, entertaining game. And if that's the case, then I think we all win. But as far as uh, taking anything in this one, I'm probably just going to stay away from it. I feel like it could go either way. Yeah, uh, a little bit of my gut tells me to grab Kansas City and the two and a half at home, uh, probably because we haven't seen a, a line like that to probably since Alex Smith's Very tempting. Uh, first year in Kansas City, maybe not even then. Uh, so that sits there. Uh, you know, the Chiefs defense the last couple weeks has, has been much, much improved. 17-7 uh, and 14 uh, points allowed in those games. Uh, now, you know, I, I say that to be honest, stat-wise, They've played the Giants, Green Bay without Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, and the Raiders. So, you know, it, it's not exactly like a powerhouse of offenses, uh, you know, they have been facing. Uh, this one is a whole different animal, uh, you know. So that defense could regress, or maybe it's finally, you know, sort of stabilized and found a little bit of their form. I, I will say Chris Jones uh, has sort of been back and playing really good football, which is always sort of a barometer uh, on the Chiefs defense, so I, I like that part of things. Uh, the offense, I want to believe, is back, uh, but I'm not, you know, completely sold yet because uh, they ran up, you know, some points there late. Uh, but uh, And the other thing that would talk me out of the Chiefs is still uh, offensive line. They're still a little banged up across that offensive line. Uh, yes, the Cowboys' uh, pass rush has been a little bit hurt with injuries, uh, but they still have found ways to get to the quarterback, at least in that game to Atlanta. Uh, let's cross that Broncos game out overall. So I, I think numbers-wise, uh, it's telling me take Chiefs. You don't get two and a half at home. Uh, but my brain is telling me just stay away from this game, watch this game, enjoy this game, and – if the Chiefs find the rhythm, we will have six to seven more weeks where we can bet on the Chiefs and their burning teams. Uh, so probably a stay away here. Uh, but if that number stays around two and a half, by Sunday I probably will have end up talking myself into it. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, all he needs is a field goal to cover your, your bet. Uh, it's really tempting, but as you mentioned, too much up and down so far this season for me to feel comfortable with it. I might just hope that it's a really good entertaining game and sit back and watch. Also, uh, uh, the meeting of the uh, coaching minds, uh, Andy Reid versus uh, Mike McCarthy. Uh, there's at least a 15-point advantage uh, sitting there. Uh, so uh, I have to... Just on coaching pedigree yes, alone. Uh, I have to factor that in as well. Uh, this next game, I'm really interested your take on it because... Uh, I'm going to ride Seattle in this one. Uh, Arizona goes to Seattle. Seattle, one-and-a-half uh, point dogs in this one, so they're getting a one-and-a-half. 
Uh, 47 and a half over under half point towards the uh, Cardinals here uh, in the first half. 23 and a half over under. I, I think this Seahawks defense has sort of uh, found its form much like last year. We're in the second half. It sort of figured out how it wanted to do and what it wanted to do. The question comes on offensive side of the ball. Uh, Russell Wilson came back last week. I did not think he looked very good. Throws looked uh, interesting, let's just say. Uh, he did not look confident out there. Now, you know, he'd been out about six weeks. He's, you know, opening you know, on a road in Green Bay, that's not an easy place to go. He'll be back home, uh, a much more more comfortable situation here versus Arizona. The question would be, can the Seahawks find their offense, find a rhythm there? Uh, Hopkins has already been ruled out. Uh, they haven't said with Murray, they said, you know, questionable. Uh, with Arizona having a bye next week, I, I'm assuming they probably sit him. If there's no Murray, I think this is a must-take. If there's a Murray, maybe you question it. But without Hopkins, i probably, uh, you know, still lean, even if Murray played, uh, especially with Arizona having the bye next week and the Rams losing. They can sort of throw this game away as well, much like they did uh, the Carolina game. But uh, I really think the Seahawks need this if they want to keep any uh hopes of their playoffs alive, much like San Francisco last week where they had to have that game. This seems like a must-have for Seattle and sort of a, it'd be a nice win if it was for Arizona, uh, but we don't have to have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's definitely a lot more need to win this game uh, on Seattle's side of the ball. You know, they're definitely looking at the Cardinals, you know, from – from the bottom up. So they definitely have some catching up to do. And it starts here, you know, when not only can you win a game, but you can also, uh, you know, eat away at that lead from the division leader. So it's really important for Seattle. I, I do think that they probably rushed Russell Wilson back a little sooner than they would have liked to. Uh, but again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were still within grasp of, you know, making the playoff spot. It really depended on how, you know, they were going to perform closing out the season. So I understand why they rushed him back. And I understand your point as far as Arizona keeping Murray out. But when I look at Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and I, I just look at the way he coaches, I feel like he's going to play Murray this week. I feel like if Murray's even close to, you know, six, 75%, I think he's going to play Murray. And it's because he knows how much Seattle really needs this game. Um, now, I don't know if he's going to finish the game, whether that be because they're losing the game or it's just getting too dangerous for him. I don't know what that situation is going to play a lot, but I think that I think Murray's going to find a way to play in this game. But even then, without Hopkins, his probably his best target on offense. I think it probably takes away from them. I don't know what the situation for running back is uh, for Arizona here. Um, I know last week they were dealing with a little bit of an injury situation there. But with all that being said, I think that Russell at home, you know, the twelfth man there in, in Seattle. I think it's probably what he needs to settle himself down. He's probably really, you know, uh, ag not agitated, but he's really, he's in situations where he's been here before. He's playing all kinds of situations, but he's in a situation right now where he, he has to try and win as many games as possible to close out, close out the season, just to possibly get a chance to make the playoffs. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like Seattle is going to pull this one off, especially at home. 
Uh, and with the injuries for Arizona, I think it's going to be just a little too much for them to, to overcome. And I think Seattle pulls it off here, but not super confident. I got to be honest with you. I, I just don't know why, but I, I've got this weird gut feeling that somehow the outcome is going to be a lot different than people anticipate. Why? Because uh, Russell was flinging throws all over the random place last week and didn't look right. Listen, Russell is one of those guys that I've always stated, you know, even though he's uh, in my division is one of the guys that we go up against. And historically, it's been basically, uh, you know, one of those either Seattle's winning or the Rams are winning. Then it's either Arizona and San Francisco. But we've had a lot of really good matches with Seattle. And Russell Wilson is one of those guys that as much as I want to hate him, I can't because the guy's magic, uh, especially when he's healthy and he's got, you know, a good supporting squad. Um which they're kind of starting to get to rhythm. You mentioned Seattle's been playing better defensively. Uh, and if they can get the offense going, watch out for Seattle, man. Yeah. Uh, that's my only question in this game. If, you know, Russell can sort of find it. He, he was just, that offense was, it wasn't just him. That offense was, you know, so bad uh, last week for Green Bay that, uh, you know, even if the defense steps up, I, I don't know if it, it can carry itself to win this game but I think Russ will be better back home like I said this is a must win so I like this Seattle game let's put that down as our fourth one we got two more to go to uh this one's an interesting one uh Pittsburgh getting six points for the Los Angeles Chargers uh the Chargers are the home team uh technically speaking but uh uh, anyone who knows the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, no, they will be flooded into that stadium. There will be no Chargers fans oh, yeah. there. Uh, so eh, this is a, just a weird game. 46 and a half uh, over under uh, four first half, 23 and a half over under in the first half. I don't know if you could trust the Chargers to cover a six point spread as bad as they've been playing. Uh Reverse that over. We don't know if Big Ben is going to play uh, or Mason Rudolph. Uh, the Steelers have just, I mean, half their defense is sitting on the injury report, probably going to be out. T.J. Watt's going to be out. Uh, Joe Hayden's going to be out. Um, you know, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is on the uh you know, COVID list, there's a question mark whether he will play. A uh, lot of Steelers defensively that are probably not going to be out there. You probably have Mason Rudolph playing quarterback. We saw last week that uh, even as bad as Ben Roethlisberger has been, uh, he's still... I told you. Uh, I still, told you. <laughs> he's still somehow a step up from Mason Rudolph, which uh, I, I don't know what that says about Mason Rudolph's... <coughs> NFL career, but uh, probably one that should not be in there. And then the uh, joke that is Dwayne Haskins, I, I don't know if the story was officially re real, but uh, apparently he was warming up by uh, checking his text messages on his cell phone for the first time he was active last week. So uh, that guy just, uh, well, that's just a clown show. He's just a clown show, but uh, I don't know if I could talk myself into taking the Chargers minus six as bad as they've been. And uh, as, you know, they have defensive guys out. Bosa's out. And, uh, you know, it's not like their defense was any good, even with their upper echelon players. So I'm curious your feel on this handicap, or is this just, uh, this was a cross-off right off the start? 
you know, off the top of my head, when I saw this matchup, I was trying to, I was trying to remember when the actual, um, when, when the date, when, what week we start flexing games, because when I look at this, I'm like, you know, I'm surprised they didn't flex the Chiefs and Cowboys onto that Sunday night game. Um, and then with all the injuries, as you mentioned, for uh, Pittsburgh, and then as poor as Los Angeles has been playing the Chargers over the last couple of weeks. But I can understand why they still have this game listed as the Sunday night game. It's because they're playing at SoFi Stadium, you know, headquarters of the NFL down in Los Angeles. So um, that's probably one of the reasons. And then, you know, you got the young star in Herbert, who they're obviously trying to market because uh, definitely got a bright future for him. But uh, as far as they're concerned over the last couple of weeks, offensively, they haven't been playing as well as we saw them play the first stretch of the season. Uh, defensively, the Chargers can't do much. Uh, they haven't been able to stop basically anybody. Um, and that bodes well for the offense of the Steelers, even with all the injuries that they have. But as you mentioned, with all the injuries on defense, which is probably their strongest, uh, you know, uh, feature, it just, to me, this reeks of potential bad football. Um, and I don't want any action on it. I don't want to put my trust on the Chargers defense, stopping um, the Pittsburgh offense. And I don't want to put my trust on the Pittsburgh offense actually putting up big points, especially if I don't know if Big Ben's playing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if Roethlisberger uh, gets the go, I, I probably like that six because the Steelers as dogs have really been a good payout as dogs. Uh, but I, I don't think I can ride the uh, Mason Rudolph uh, train uh, anymore after uh, last week's uh, disastrous uh, toll that it took on my mind, body, and soul, which was uh, already melting from the insides from uh, being sick. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a double whammy of having that game on the TV while also uh, sporting a 100-degree fever. It, it was it was a fever dream watching that game, and I was already having them. So, uh, yeah, if Roethlisberger gets cleared, I, I might could talk myself into the sixth, though I'd still be worried about the defensive guys out and maybe the Chargers finding their form on offense, though, you know, I, I have a lot of question marks about them. It, it's a good thing we didn't have our Tuesday review show because I, I probably was going to go on them pretty hard. Uh, they just – they don't use Eckler to run the ball, which I, I'm totally confused by. They they have decided not to throw the ball to Mike Williams ever again. Uh, for some reason, though, he was the best receiver in the league for the first four weeks. I, I just don't know what's uh, going on there. And we're talking about another team that, you know, pulled one of these young assistant coaches. And I just don't know if they quite know how to deal with, uh, you know, an NFL football season. We talked about it with the Jets and Sala. I, you know, I just don't know if Staley quite knows how to deal with these games. I, I think he knows how to deal being an offensive coordinator. I don't know if he knows how to deal being an NFL coach. And that's why you get sort of this weird sort of Chargers season that starts out with a bang and then just is really dropped off here in the second half. So this is probably a cross-off game. And then we get the next one. Uh, Giants Bucks Monday Night Football. Ten and a half point spread. Uh, you have some Brady versus the Giants things going on. Uh, two and six against the spread overall lifetime. Uh, Brady versus the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that means. That 
can be halfway fluky because, you know, <laughs> Tom Brady, 2007 Patriots versus Tom Brady, 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not sure factors that much uh, with the 2007 New York Giants against the spread coverage. Uh, but that being said, last year these two teams played uh, a very bad Giants team, played a very good Bucks team, and they covered a large spread in a close game they probably should have won. Uh, there is a good chance Saquon Barkley plays in this game. Uh, how much? I, I don't know. The Giants are coming off a bye. They should be as healthy as they've been in a long time. Uh, Buck's still probably going to be out without Gronk and Brown. Uh, they have not looked right uh, for you know a handful of weeks now, even coming off that bye. Secondary still in doubt. I kind of like this 10.5, but... Uh, uh, I always uh, grab with temperation uh, when I want to go uh, with this New York Giants team in that it could be 45-15 and I'm watching bad football and uh, asking myself why I would trust the Giants. I'm curious your view here. Yeah, when I look at a spread that's this big, you know, what is it, 10 and a half? I usually tend to want to take those points. You know, when I'm getting that many points, it usually bodes well for me. And then, you know, you start talking about the Giants and I start getting a little bit excited. I'm like, oh, this is a team that I kind of had high hopes for. But then I'm like, how have they done for me so far this season? And uh, the answer is not that good. Uh, so you you t you put the you pair that up. The fact that I've lost quite a few bets uh, when I took the Giants, um, along with the fact that could this be a blowout? And that's usually the recipe for uh, stay away. And that's probably what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to stay away from this game. Yeah, uh, it's it's really a hard game to handicap because you, you look at numbers and you have to sort of toss them out. You know, the Giants' offense is ranked 25 in total DVOA, uh, but I don't think they've had their actual full unit of offensive uh, players once this season where Barkley, Galladay, Shepard are all healthy and on the field at the same time. The Tampa Bay offense is still one, uh, but... They, since they've lost all their weapons uh, the last couple weeks, uh, their offense has been really, really poor, along with Tom Brady. And then, you know, the Tampa Bay defense, yes, the, uh, the running defense has been really good, once again, with White, David, and Vita Vea, but Vita Vea got hurt last week. He's going to be out. Uh, that's going to affect uh, their run defense a whole lot as – he is probably the main key who eats up all those blocks, who lets those two linebackers, you know, roam free and uh, make plays with their speed. So I think that's a little bit of a factor. And then you got that Tampa Bay secondary, which you watched uh, Tyler Heineke uh, carve up last week. And uh, that's about the only time Tyler Heineke has carved up anybody so far this season. So I think that's still an issue. And I think this Giants uh, offense could be able to do that. Now, that being said, I don't trust him. So I, I think this is a pass. And we go back up to that Carolina. We slide that in as our fifth mutual. And uh, we live to fight another day, uh, probably on that Monday when we're doing makeup betting. And we both talk ourselves into the New York Giants and, uh, and Kenny Galladay as the uh, first touchdown. Yeah, that's probably what's going to end up happening because uh, it's been happening to me for the last couple of weeks. 
All right, so let's review our five mutuals. Uh, we have the uh, Green Bay Packers minus one and a half, Miami Dolphins minus three and a half, New Orleans Saints plus three, Carolina Panthers minus three, and uh, then we're going to ride with the Seattle Seahawks plus the one and a half. All right, uh, luckily the Rams have a bye this week, so uh, you can uh, relax. Uh, go apple picking with the wife and uh, not have to worry about Matthew Stafford uh, throwing random poor interceptions to people for a week. Uh, we'll get back on them uh, next week during Thanksgiving and uh, you can get back into your tortured soul mode of uh, Rams football. What do we got this week for picks? I've got four picks. Uh, and before I mention my picks, you know the wife. Last week, I had tickets to go to the UT basketball game, okay? There were free tickets, and she says, but I want to watch football. So, yeah, uh, I don't think we're going to go apple picking. I think we're going to sit here and uh, try to make some money on these games. I think you will be at the orchards making cider, and uh, <laughs> especially it since is the time the of the year. Especially since you've had to uh, probably poorly watch that uh, Pats game last night as your money was being thrown out the window. And uh, uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks. I, I don't think I've seen a worse uh, collection of three quarterbacks come in and throw interceptions in my life. Uh, but that's a fun threesome uh, for interception quarterback throwing uh, last night. But what's your first pick this week? Uh, my first pick, I've got the New Orleans Saints plus two against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, New Orleans Saints plus two. I also have the uh, New Orleans Saints. It's up to plus three uh, on here, so uh, we'll give you three points on that one. I will take the New Orleans Saints plus three. Also, we talked about it, Houston Texans plus nine and a half for me. What do you got for your second pick? For my second pick, I am taking the Green Bay Packers minus one and a half going up against division rival Minnesota Vikings. All right. Uh, next up for me, Miami Dolphins minus the three and a half versus the New York Jets. Uh, I'm going to ride this Dolphins wave, see if they can uh, sort of uh, loosely get themselves back in the playoff hunt here. For my third pick, I am taking the Carolina Panthers at minus three going up against the Washington football team. All right. You're going to like this one. I am going with my Jacksonville Jaguars, plus the six and a half here. Uh, I think they uh, got a shot here. I'd even look a little bit on this plus 230 money line. I think it sits there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, you won't be stunned to learn this. Not very good as a favorite, uh, especially as a road one. Uh, I know it's stunning, uh, but uh, not a great favorite uh, coach. So uh, I like the Jags plus six and a half. Uh, for my final pick, I'm taking Cincinnati Bengals at minus one. Was it minus one and a half? It's minus one. Minus one. Okay. My phone wouldn't go back. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up for me, Seattle Seahawks plus one and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. Let's just hope Russell Wilson uh, finds his mojo. We uh, beat up on these Cardinals. Uh, maybe the Cardinals trend finally starting to go down a, a little bit, a little bit of regression uh, back to the uh, mean here. And uh, was that all the picks for you? That's it for me, just four this week. All right, my last one, of uh, course, the New York Giants, plus 10.5 uh, 
for me. They uh, <laughs> are just going to ride the trend that they cover uh, versus Tom Brady and uh, then be sadly disappointed when this is a 20-point game and you wonder why you bet on the uh, Giants in the first place. So uh, plus 10.5 for me. All right, that's our show. Uh, Be sure to like and subscribe. We're going to try to get back on track next week uh, with our full slate of shows on schedule as uh, we both are healing up and uh, should be a little bit more uh, normal and regulated uh, as we go. So we should be back on track next week. Uh, We'll definitely have a Tuesday recap show. maybe have a a Thanksgiving show or just have our normal Friday show. We haven't worked uh, that quite out yet, but uh, we'll see where we go from there. But uh, back on schedule next week, our college football show just dropped, so be sure to get all on the college picks with Dynamite David and uh, his hot picks for the week. See if he gets back on track. I'm feeling like it'll be a good week in the college football. I'm feeling like it'll be a good week in the NFL. So be sure to like and subscribe. That's our show, and we're out.